Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 440, features a stepfather, intense viewing, stories of stopping, and an interview with the lovely Belle Blake. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 440 of Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for this spectacular episode is the man, the myth, the legend, the admiral of the A-game, and the master of his domain. He was about to announce his retirement, but I told him. All the goodness and greatness that comes with being on the show. So he decided to unretire. He is the fine stepfather. Look at that. What's going on, Dangle? (laughs) Not a whole lot. How about yourself? Well, I was going to retire, as you said. Right. I decided to come out of retirement and then maybe go back into retirement and then maybe come out of retirement. (laughs) I'm just hoping that my wife will leave me whenever I come out of retirement. (laughs) 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 Oh, come on now. She's an amazing woman. Oh, that hurts. That's it, man. That hurts. That poor man. He's had everything. (laughs) Well, the rumors, I think, did we talk about this in a past episode? I'm not sure. The rumors were his wife was a witch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that was the only reason he was as good as he was, because she put a spell out there and he was great, but once she left that spell was broken and then he had a crappy season and now he's retiring again well i got some sage wisdom to hand out to all your listeners especially all of your uh married listeners out there the spell always wears off at some (laughs) point (laughs) (laughs) ain't enough hogs wart in the world to keep that spell going Oh, no, don't even say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so you make me glad I'm single when you say things like that. I'm glad you are, too, Dangle. Oh, no, that hurts. Somebody else. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) That's just because you like to have uh, porch beers with no uh, no ties for me. I could just show up and I'm like, oh, I got to get home. Yeah. (laughs) So, with this episode, not only do you get the fine stepfather and myself, you get a couple stories, and you get an interview with Belle 
Blake. And I will be talking about this amazing woman at the end of the first half of the show. You'll hear the interview in the second half of the show. I think everyone is really going to enjoy what we got going on. But I need to ask out of the gate, because I only have a chance to really do this once every three or four weeks with a fine stepfather. How's the home life and how's the dog? Home life is going well. Thankfully, we did not blow up and our um, gas leak issue, not our gas leak issue, but the neighborhood gas leak issue was solved. Crisis averted. Nice. I may have cost somebody $3,000, but it's not my fault. <laughs> it was their gas leak. Okay. Uh, but dog is doing well. She just went to, she just had a spa day today. Oh, and not really a spa day, but she did get groomed. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's, it's, it's, and it's like paying to go to a spa for a day right. for a dog that size. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yes. <laughs> now I'm sure your dog just loves that attention though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She's more than excited to go. <laughs> and is that how you say it to your dog? Like you want to go have a spa day and just you know? boy, yep. get to the car. Well, yeah, it, it, she's not one. She doesn't shy away from the words bath times either. So oh, wow. if I tell her it's bath time and just start the running water, she's in the tub. Oh, so. funny. Unlike myself, where, you know, if I hear it's bath time, I'm getting the hell out. Right. Once I finally smell myself, I'm like, oh, it's bath time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am glad to hear that everything is going well. I have been uh, busy. There was a bit of a, a drought when it came to adult stories that kind of directly involved me or maybe secondarily involved me. But now that I've been a little bit more social, things are starting to come together a little bit. And the first story I want to bring up, I was able to see the beautiful friend of the show, Lee Raven, and she was at Cheerleaders Gentlemen's Club. 31st in Liberty, downtown Pittsburgh. Oh, I miss that. We didn't have a chance to record an interview, which is fine. She is a very busy woman. Everybody that comes into town to feature dance, you know, in days past, they would come into town and they didn't have... OnlyFans and subscription sites and streaming sites and camming. They would come into town and dance, and they were a little bit easier to have available. Well, now, because everyone is so busy, when someone that I've interviewed in the past is like, listen, you know, I really don't have the opportunity, I take no umbrage with that. That is completely fine. But it was nice to be able to go and see her at the club and watch her do her feature show. She comes out to the stage and i would say that the women outnumbered the men at the main stage which that's rare you might see it where it's kind of one to one 50 percent of each but this one i mean there were maybe three men sitting there and probably a dozen women and they were vocal and they were fun and i love when i see that and i realized why she really upped her game when it came to crowd interaction. Okay. She was kissing the women. She was having the women motorboat her and getting really intense with them. And they were eating it up because she's a fairly intense performer, a super sweet individual, but she really likes the intensity that comes with adult performing. So her crowd is the same. To the point where she had me 
choke her on stage. I know. I know. And she kept yelling harder, but I'm at that age where I kind of have that old man strength and I don't really want to do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Even though I know how to choke somebody, I don't I don't want to like, oh, you want choked? Oh, damn it. Oh, damn it. You may want to call somebody. But the women sitting to the right of me were beyond enamored. And she walked up to the one and they were consensually playing with each other. She takes the woman's hand, puts it palm up, and basically drools into her hand and then closes it like it was her keepsake. I could audibly hear that woman's moisture. <laughs> like, it, it was amazing to watch women that really get that style of performing and are so into that performer. Okay. Once she leaves the stage, the guy that was sitting close to me, he just went, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend going to see feature dancers when you have the opportunity, because if it's the right club and the regulations around the club and the city to what they are able to do is different from place to place. If those regulations are good, you're going to see a show because like with certain clubs in Pittsburgh, they have been grandfathered in and they are full nude. There are certain clubs where the dancers can be topless, but the feature acts may be able to get away with a little bit more, not, not to put it that way, but you know, they, they have a little bit more leeway with their performing style. And you may have clubs like that around your area. If you're like, oh, why would I go see them topless when I could watch a video and see everything? Well, right at that club, the features may get away with a little bit more. So just be aware of that. Just saying. And if you're going to go see a show, hers is really intense. <laughs> sounds it. It sounds it. <laughs> so when it comes to things of a more personal nature for dick dangle something that involves me directly fine stepfather do you have people friends in your life that know you on a different level than other people so they know what kind of crowd they're willing to bring you into i'd like to say i think so but a lot of times the conversation i have with the people i know they're surprised i'm into some of the things that i'm into yes and uh, I don't know why, because I don't think I've ever really hidden anything from anybody. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, it's like always like conversations. That I didn't think you'd listen to that type of music. I didn't think you'd read those types of books. I didn't, you know, I don't know why. It's not like I'm, I don't think I'm an enigma. I'm pretty superficial. <laughs> well, you're not superficial. I think you have a lot more layers than people are willing to find. And I think that is true of most people, but right. you are uh, very well-rounded, very well-read, even though that you believe that reading is... For suckers. Right. <laughs> 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 and, and I like to think that I'm the same way. I think everybody has the crowd that they run in, and they maybe make a new friend or meet some new people, and... They're looking for maybe somebody else to add. And they're like, meh, this might not be the right place. Case in point. One of my best friends, 
forever is with his wife. They are talking to a friend, and the friend is talking about music and like soundboards and sound engineering and things like that. And my friend does some of that on the side. And of course, at some level, you, stepfather, myself, do it when it comes to podcasting. Right. And they were talking about that. And this woman says, hey, by the way, do you know a drummer? He knows that I have played drums for quite a while. It's been a while since I've played. I had a drum set last year that I was playing for a while and ended up deciding to give back to the person that gave it to me. But I can keep a beat would be a nice way to put it. Okay. My friend goes, yeah, I I know a drummer. Why do you ask? Well, we need a drummer for church. And... Without letting her start the next sentence goes, oh, no, that, that's not going to work. No, that, that's not going to work. And the woman, looking perplexed, looks at his wife and just eyes closed and without saying a word, just shakes her head no. <laughs> and I went, I appreciate your love for me, but I think you were right on this one. Not sure. Oh, Dangle. Could you imagine <laughs> the church <laughs> finding out about Dangle's other life? Mm. I mean, that's all you ever see when it comes to like movies about churchgoers. Is, right. You know, oh my heaven. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> that would have very quickly turned into the Tommy Lee biopic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm up there twirling the drumsticks. And I'm like, are you guys ready to rock? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is what we signed up for, but there's something about this guy. He's got charisma. Right. And then does anybody know that he has shot adult content? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And then you're you're up there, you're up there, you hit the drum solo and you're really laying into it, but it starts to get really quiet at the church. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Marty McFly somebody, solo. Some somebody in the back of the church is watching the video on their phone. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> they send it to somebody else who starts watching the video on their phone. Right. And then pretty soon the noise of their phones drowns out your drum solo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the sound of sex in unison on everybody's <laughs> or it's like projected onto a screen behind me. <laughs> right. And, and I try to time the ending of the solo with my finish on the screen, like like fireworks. Yeah. That could have been a thing. <laughs> yeah. The new ventures of Dick Dangle is definitely limiting what uh, I can experience or bring to other people. Oh, but the stories, the stories that could be had. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to go after that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I I love these stories that I could tell on the show and really tell nowhere else. So, fine, Stepfather, would you like to get into some delicious stories? Let's do it. I'm ready. I got my waiters on. Ooh, very nice. (laughs) Would you like to hear 
about one of my favorite things, popular searches, or do you want to get into a Chive article called Horrifying, Weird, and Justifiable Reasons for Walking Out on Sex? What's first? Let's go there. Oh, he likes I'll it. take the Chive for 100, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not Alex anymore. It's Ken. Yeah, it is. It's Ken Jennings. Well, as I said, this is from thechive.com. Horrifying, weird, and justifiable reasons for walking out on sex. Have you ever walked out on sex? I have once. Okay. Well, not necessarily walked out on it, but just kind of stopped because the mood was just all of a sudden gone. Mm, the record scratch. Yeah. Mm, that's never good. I don't think I have walked out on it. I may have had points where I realized that I thought it was going to happen and then like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to happen because shit gets weird, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever necessarily been mid-stroke <laughs> and went, no, this I this has to end right now because that's just rude. Maybe Maybe that should be your thing. Ooh. When you become the international porn star yourself, <laughs> you just, just go, 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 and then stop and leave. <laughs> like, right, when, right whenever they, they get ready and they're about to lose control, mm. just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. I'm going to edge them. Right. Oh, no. I'll call it fedge. It'll be female edging. <laughs> Fedging. There you go. Fedging. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh oh it's done and just like you know wipe my hands off and walk out right mm. carry like a uh, like a monogram towel kind of like an elvis presley scarf <laughs> you know dab your forehead with it throw it on the bed and walk out <laughs> this is for you exactly <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> the <laughs> I don't Although know. I don't know how long you'd last the industry. That is very that. true. I think that would have to be discussed before the scene starts. Oh, just so you know, I'm gonna walk out on you at some point. Yeah, yeah, you're not gonna know when, but this is gonna end real quick. It's gonna be really weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what do I do? Do I dead eye it? Or do I walk out like I still satisfy them, like kiss two fingers and, you know, blow a kiss at them, be like, peace, and you know you liked it and walk out? Like, do I? You definitely need a catchphrase. It's got to be, it's gotta be <laughs> something. Well, you know, my job here is done. <laughs> <laughs> You've been fedged by the dangle. Exactly. There's a whole series there. You might be right. Edging 47, the return of Big Dangle. <laughs> there's, there's part of me that actually has anxiety over it for the simple fact that I'm way too nice to do something like that. So it would almost be like um, SpongeBob SquarePants where it's like three minutes later and I come back in. I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I'll finish. Oh, I thought your anxiety was that you were just going to be worried about all of the um, 
quote unquote random murders happening in the adult film industry or attached to the adult film right. industry from all the uh stressed out women that you had sex yes, with. Yes, the partially satisfied women. Right. <laughs> they leave the they leave the shoot furious. Hit hits and hit and runs. Uh mm, right, right. Yeah. Like all kind of adult film stars getting caught in like bank robberies or uh <laughs> carjackings and stuff just from the frustration. His dick was so good, but the ending was so frustrating. Right. <laughs> that it brought us to kill is what he's saying. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. Reminds me of that uh that Seinfeld episode where Jerry's filming the bootleg movies and uh they tape over the end of the one with Elaine's dancing because she didn't know how bad of a dancer she was. And the guy comes to pick up the bootleg tape and he's just like the ending's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. Yeah, the whole, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, it was just a joke, didn't want it to end that way, I'll, I'll put myself back in immediately, ma'am, I am sorry. Yeah, that, I mean, if it was a series, it would be okay that you did it. Correct, yeah, I think if it's known that that is going to happen, yes. Right. Yeah, but just to say, all right, I want to shoot a scene with you, and then peace out halfway through, that might not be good. So, you know, I think that's a good question for your listeners. How many would be disappointed watching an adult film where the guy doesn't finish? Ooh. <laughs> that's would you feel shortchanged? You're like, <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> so I'm I watching think... like half a porn here. Right. Yeah. I'm watching a <laughs> porn. <laughs> Is there another tape? Is there another DVD that I did I miss it? Is this a two disc set? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's part two? Okay, so I think what you're saying is, well, let me ask it this way: What percentage of men in your mind, stepfather, watch it to the finish? They wait. For the finish, maybe not necessarily to finish themselves at the same time, but wait for the ending. Well, I would say scene, 80 to 85%. Okay. The whole film, 20%. I don't think you're too wrong, honestly. <clears throat> Those, I mean, I don't think uh, in my own life, Okay. Uh, I would say I probably have only completed 20% of the films I've watched in one viewing. Okay, I see what you're saying. I you know what I mean? I would say 80 to 85%. Even if I've taken care of myself, I've still watched till that scene ended. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm a completist. I can agree with that. So that's the ultimate irony. Dick Dangle, the completist, is fedging women. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally my new favorite word. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm writing it down. Uh, fedging. A serial fedges Dick Dangle was arrested today. <laughs> They'll get you on like some sort of Rico statute. Did you got all your it's you're the cause that all these women are going around town beating up their husbands and right? <laughs> stabbing uh, people at the grocery store. <laughs> damn it. I, I didn't realize I was so good, honestly. <laughs> this escalated really quickly. Yes, it did. Wow. I, I went from a guy who did one scene to <laughs> the head of a criminal mastermind through fedging. 
<laughs> wow. It's the new sexual movement. Yep. <laughs> and we're taking it back. <laughs> the men are going to rethink control. <laughs> Who are we kidding? We don't have the willpower no. to do something like no, that. No, we don't at all. <laughs> This was all a dream. It was it was a it was a beautiful <laughs> thought while you had it. It really was fever dream. Yeah, yeah. twenty minute fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's awesome! This is why the listeners love you, honestly. All right, so all right, so back to the chat. So, back to reality. <laughs> yes. So back to the reasons for walking out on sex. The first one, yes. I was hammered, drunk, and wanted pancakes. Wow. I think even during bad sex, I still wanted some finish, some closure of it. Either they have an orgasm or I do. Right. I I don't think I could literally walk out just because I wanted pancakes, even if I was drunk. Yeah, there's not a – unless whiskey dick is involved, then you don't really have a choice. That is true. In the heat of the moment, started having sex with my ex. Then I remembered why I broke up with her in the first place, and I just walked away. It was hard, but it was worth it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. He should have said difficult. Should have said right. difficult. <laughs> this one actually brings up an adult film I just watched. She bit my ear so hard it started bleeding, and she wouldn't let go. I was done after that. <laughs> yeah, there's a point at which pain is no longer pleasure. Correct. When I am beginning the the Elvis introduction to being intimate with somebody, I tell them, like, listen, I don't like my nipples bit, and I don't like a lot of ball work. Just not my thing. So that has translated to what takes me out of a scene when I watch porn. I was watching a scene for the Vixen brand. I think it was, I think it was deeper. This lovely lady, this handsome man, they are kissing and making out. She is on top of him and he kind of sits up to kiss her and bites her lip and bites it with such veracity that you could tell on her face that it is uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Ugh, that that almost took me out of this. Uh, 30 seconds later, he does it again. I actually had to skip that scene because I didn't know if it was going to happen again. Right. And it was literally like, look at her face. She is not enjoying that. Stop it. Like, you might think it's a turn on for you. It's horrible. (laughs) My boyfriend and I were having sex, and I was pretty tipsy. I stopped him mid-thrust and said, take me to McDonald's at 2 a.m. And the man (laughs) did it. He's my husband now. That that is different. That I've done. I've been in like a marathon session, and we both kind of looked at each other like, I think we need a break. And like, man, I'm hungry. Like, yeah. And we go get food and come back, eat, and then finish. <laughs> that, okay, that's fine. The condom started to slip, so I pulled out to fix it. She turned around, and it was at that moment I realized she was ugly crying. She had just gotten out of a long-term relationship, so I knew what was up. We stopped, 
and went on about our day. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't say, was it good ugly crying? Like, this is so good. This is something I haven't felt. Or was it ugly crying because it was reminding her of that situation? Right. I kind of needed to know a little bit more about that one. Have you ever ugly cried during sex? No. I didn't think. (laughs) It actually took you longer than I thought to answer that question. I was just giving you time to finish your sentence. (laughs) Just like Jeopardy, you were waiting to buzz in. It was chambered. (laughs) I don't do anything ugly, Daggle. No, you do not, my friend. (laughs) During a blowjob, the girl vomited on me heavily. The smell caused me to vomit on her as she was right beneath me. <laughs> well, no, I've had that happen. I've had that experience. But that didn't make me walk out. There was just a reason to stop. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't like, see ya. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, we need to take care of this. Right. When I think walk out, like it's it's over. It's not not. Let's just clean up and go to sleep. <laughs> That's different. Yes. <laughs> well, this might be for you the reason. We changed positions, and I went to put it back in, and I noticed immediately that she had removed the condom. I flipped out and left. I've never had a single regret about it. That is a wow. Right. Yeah, that's no good. Though I say that. (laughs) I never had sex with this person, but we were very close when it came to how we talked to each other. And she said, you know, there are certain things I really like, but they kind of come with a caveat. I'm like, all right, what the hell does that mean? She goes, I love anal sex, but if I have an orgasm, you have to pull out. It is way too intense. It's almost painful intense for you to still be in if I'm having an orgasm anally. And I said, well, that kind of makes sense. All right. And she goes, I hate condoms. I'm like, why would you hate condoms? Are you allergic to them? She goes, no, I just don't like how they feel. Interesting. It's not like she's trying to baby up. Yeah, yeah. But she couldn't wrangle the dangle. She couldn't because I would have fedged her. She would have went on a killing spree. So, just saying. All right. (laughs) This happened on a third date. She wanted me to hit her hard. Like, punch her in the face with a closed fist when fucking. I noped out of that in a hurry and split. Couldn't figure out if I was being served up or if she was just fucked up. I actually talked to a performer about this a little while back. I interviewed Alex Cole, and she had a video go viral where she was at a convention signing, and a performer was turned on by pain. And... She wanted her to to punch her in like in the jaw because she had been experienced in this. She knew how to do it and really started like she didn't like haul off and cold cock her. You know, it's not like slap fighting, but she was hitting her pretty good. And when I talked to her about it and she said, oh, yeah, there were actually a number of people because of that video 
that have now come up to me and I do that when I see them and the community of people that like that is actually a lot bigger than you think. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. It would, no. I would, I, yeah, I, I don't know to choke maybe, but I, I don't know. That is just, that's such a unique position for me to picture myself in. I would just be wary because that could so easily get turned around. You know what I mean? I feel like she asked for it is not going to be a valid defense. <laughs> <laughs> there, there would have to be a lot of paperwork signed. Yeah. Is what you're saying. I got Yes, you. absolutely. That would be interesting. It, it's, it's going to be a unique journey for me in this world because – I don't think I'd ever run into that, but I may run into things and experience things and maybe even do things that I just never pictured myself doing. So it'll be, uh, it's going to be an adventure. Right. And the last one we are going to get into didn't walk out, but definitely stopped mid thrust. I was getting yelled at for quote unquote messing up. The sheets on the bed that she just made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you are that anal retentive or that obsessive compulsive, you may want to find a different place to have sex. Right. Yeah. It's pleasure. Why would you yell at the person? Just, just make the bed again. It's okay. You could do it together. It'll be a bonding experience. Like the stepfather and I do after we have sex. Right, right. <laughs> Got to keep those corners crisp. That's Dangle. right. You need to be able to bounce a dime off those sheets. They may be a little soggy, but you should still be able to bounce. <laughs> we'll let them air out first. Right. It's not difficult. Did, did I tell the audience too much? Not quite. You didn't talk about the spooning afterwards. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, damn, damn it. it. All right. I'll fix that in post. <laughs> edit that out. Yeah, I'll just edit that <laughs> out. Yeah. No one will know. As promised, let's get into a couple of popular porn searches. This is from aebntrends.com, popular searches for November and December 2022. <laughs> there are some unique searches to this one. This was a great way in looking at this list to end 2022. There's some pretty spectacular things. <laughs> that were very popular some more notable popular searches they weren't the top search but they were popular all right so in gay searches you have bathhouse in colorado that makes sense wait <clears throat> somebody in colorado people in colorado were searching for bathhouses correct or people were searching for bathhouses in colorado Ooh. that's a very specific place that is, yes <laughs> Gay people in Colorado were online searching bathhouse. Gotcha. Yes. All right. In Delaware, dick terror. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm looking. I'm kind of scared to know what that is. Yeah, I'm not even going to look it up. <laughs> Though that may be my name come Halloween. Dick terror. Dick terror. <laughs> of course, because it was the end of the year. Santa spanking in Georgia. If you want to get to uh, my church drumming story, people <laughs> people in Michigan were uh, one of the most popular searches <laughs> was Vatican. 
Okay. All right. Yikes. <laughs> In Missouri, mechanics. Oh, that makes sense. Winter is coming at that point, and you need someone to make sure your vehicle is ready for winter. I get it. And in West Virginia, armpits. Uh, That's a thing. Everything's a thing, Dangle. No, Not my true. thing. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the next time we record, I want your top ten list of things. All right. All right. So when we record for maybe end of February, March, I want your list of things. I need to know. Or do I? Who doesn't need to know? You're not wrong. Everybody everybody needs to know. Yes. That's why you're here, because people want to know. Right. Now, the top straight search in South Carolina, bound gangbangs. It's getting intense. People are stressed, Dangle. People are stressed. People are very stressed. They need to work it out, for sure. The top gay search in Vermont... Massage bait. Massage bait? Bait. What is that? My <laughs> my guess is someone comes to the house to give a massage, and the guy on the table is like, ha here's my penis. And <laughs> like, I fooled you. This wasn't, I didn't hire you for a massage. I hired you to touch this penis. And they're like, oh, no. And then they have sex. All right. <laughs> Did I sell that? That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds legit. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> That's something I would fall for. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how the career arc goes. In Maryland, the top straight search, Girls Out West. All right. I don't know if that just means I wish they all could be California girls. I was just about to say David Lee Roth approved. <laughs> oh, I, I love how in sync we are. <laughs> or if they almost mean it in an old-timey Western way, because there are a lot of Western shows based in times gone by that are very popular right now. You have yeah. Yellowstone. You have, what is it? 18-something or other? 1883. Well, that's done now. Uh, but then there are – yeah, 1883. And then there's 1922, I think. They're, they're both prequels to Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Well, very good. I recommend. Oh, nice. Okay. That's what I needed to know. You are a man that loves a good show and movie. Right. So – I always listen to you when it comes to advice on what to watch, which I want to get into in the next episode a little bit in the beginning, because award stuff has been announced, and I want to get your, not necessarily your predictions, but I want to see how you feel about it. Okay. This might surprise you, fine stuff, Father. The top straight search in Nevada, Anal Savages. Once again, it really is getting aggressive. It's getting very intense. <laughs> In Arizona, the top straight search lesbian dominatrix. Uh, still, you're still still intense. <clears throat> yeah. In Colorado, anally corrupted. 
<laughs> okay. The, the West is really feeling it. <laughs> I think the lack of water is starting to get to their brains. And the last search, the top straight search in New Mexico, bad moms. All right. I can support that. Can support that. <laughs> Which I believe is the sequel to uh, 80 for Brady. Right. <laughs> Just taking a guess. See that, see what I did there? I bookended the first half. We talked Circled about back, amazing. We talked about Tom Brady in the first half, ended with Tom Brady in the second half. That's what those uh, award-nominated podcasters do. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> oh, you're a beautiful human being. <laughs> so if you want to check out your state, if I didn't mention it, in this search, you can go to aebntrends.com or you could go to danglinafterdark.com. Find the link to this article in the show notes for this episode. And it's right there for you, folks. Oh, my goodness. Well, before we end this first half, I need to talk a little bit about the interview that I have with Belle Blake. It was awesome getting to know her. You'll hear us talk about it in the interview. I followed her for a little bit on social media. We followed each other, and she reached out to me about a book that she had written, and we really get into that in the second half of the interview. And I decided to print it out because I print the internet and read it on my flight to Las Vegas. And it worked out really, really well because I rarely have the time when I'm home because of the podcast and my day job to really sink my teeth into something that I'm doing research on, be it a book or you know a documentary or anything like that. So to have that time in the air to read this book was absolutely perfect, and it gave me the opportunity to really dive into some questions that I wanted to ask about it. And she absolutely delivers as she talks about her career as a cam model and as a content creator and now as an author. She is absolutely amazing. She has such a wonderful demeanor about her. I really enjoy what she creates. She really plays on power dynamics and works very very successfully in different fetishes that we talk about in the interview so it'll really really be worth your time i think you're really gonna enjoy it cool and i know that everybody enjoyed the fine stepfather thank you so much for being on this episode thanks for having me dangle always a good time absolutely so Fine listeners, please enjoy my interview with Bell Blake. Thank you one and all for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and the people around you. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Bell Blake and the amazing people that I talk about in this show. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. Be careful what you're searching and who you know and where you're doing your drumming. And leave the fetching to dangle. Keep calling <laughs> dangle on. <laughs> leave it to pros, damn it. <laughs> mm. Don't worry. Dick will be coming back.
This is Raya Sunshine, and you're listening to Danglin' After Dark with Dick Dangle. Mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. My guest is a phenomenal UK-based, award-nominated cam model who specializes in a number of fetishes and genres, who began her journey in 2019, but has now turned some of her attention into being an author. Her book is an educational and entertaining look inside starting as a cam model and some of the nuances and pitfalls that come with it. We will cover it all as we get to enjoy the beautiful and multi-talented Belle Blake. How are you doing today? Thank you. That was a lovely intro. I'm doing very well and I'm glad to be here. The pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to dive into all of this. But before we do, can you please tell everybody where they can find you online, on social media, and where they can find your book? So you can find me on Twitter at Bell Blake Live. That's my main handle, and that's where all my links are. Um, there's a link to my Amazon book um, on my main profile. But where you can find me most of all for adult content is ManyVids. That is my main platform, and that's where I'm most active. And where can the listeners find this amazing book of yours? It's on Amazon. It's a self-publish. Um, so that's my little my little self-publish um, partnership is on the big the big giant that is Amazon. So it's floating around there. Very nice. Now, it is a pleasure getting to speak with you. I followed you for a while on social media, and I'm really happy and honored that you reached out to me to read this book and check it out. Uh, I read it on the flight to Las Vegas to the AVN convention, and it was a fascinating read. I learned a ton, and we will get into all of that. But for the listeners who may just be getting to know you, how did you begin your venture into camming? So it was 2019. I was 31 and probably a little long in the tooth for starting such a career. But I was at a time in my life where I wanted to change my story and do something a little outside of the box. Um, to really challenge myself and also I really wanted to earn a living from home without having a boss so that was that was what um, drove me to find a passive online sort of income stream and somehow I find myself down the rabbit hole of um, adult camming. You have a number of fetishes and topics that your followers enjoy. For those just getting to know you, what are your specialties and how long into camming did you find and fine-tune your shows? So my specialties online are homewrecker fetish, breeding fetish, and jerk-off instruction. Um, that kind of evolved organically, and it was really determined by the members in my chat room. I was very green when I started. I didn't understand fetish. I'd never heard of half of them, which led, led to some embarrassing and funny um, interactions in the chat room, shall we say. But it really was determined by, it was kind of a, a relationship with the members where they brought stuff to me that they wanted 
And if I felt like I understood it and enjoyed it myself, then that's what I ran with. And that's really how those three main fetishes evolved. Mm. Do they play into who you are or is it something that you just found that you really had a talent to do? Because I'm sure at any level, the sense of kind of that improvisational creation is a part of that. So were you just very good at being able to deliver that or were you like, this plays into my personality? <laughs> well, the, the home wrecker, it's, um, it's kind of a role that I've been, um, forced into in one way or another in my real life as well. It does seem to be the role that I play as the other woman. I'm never the main event. I'm always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the side chick. I'm the the girl you have a one night stand with, but you don't take home to mother. So that's, <laughs> that's how that evolved. No, I, I think I just enjoyed the... I got to be in the seductive role, playing the home wrecker. I got to be in charge. I got to have that sense of seducing you and making you do something maybe that is risky and kind of those sorts of elements I, I do enjoy. Um, with the breeding fetish as well, I, I think it's quite a natural thing for someone to be aroused by. Um, it's just something that I think, well, yeah, that's that's why we have sex, right? We have sex to have babies, ultimately. So that, for me, seems like a very natural thing to be turned on by. You talked about when we first started that you were a little bit older to start camming, but I actually think that played to your advantage when it comes to the fetishes that you do work in. Did you find that out as well? Because there are a number of older, and I use that in quotes because I'm way older than you are, but uh, older creators that have really learned how to play with that power dynamic when it comes to what they create absolutely i think it's given me a big advantage certainly in terms of interaction um i feel like members can have a more immersive experience with me where i lack in the the technical side of it and i struggle with functions on platforms and everything i do feel like that sort of intellectual understanding of why someone is being gratified by the fetish and understanding how to play that um, has been a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. So how do you go from I'm on cam, I'm playing to this audience live to I could start to turn this into clips and start a store where people can go and support me? Yeah, that was partly necessity because I kind of needed the time away from the live streaming, which is very much being paid for time, whereas I wanted, um, ultimately, um, I'm very lazy, and I want, as many, I want as many passive income streams as I can possibly have. And so part of it was necessity. I wanted to come away from the live interaction a little bit. And people also were just asking, were asking for content as well. And um, again, that was kind of a new venture to get into, but people were enjoying um, recordings and things on on my free cams. So that seems like the, the natural progression. 
you picked a horrible job for a lazy person. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> because I mean, how often do you cam? Like, what is your schedule? So I definitely do not do a lot of live camming. The last year, I have kind of averaged about six live shows, and then the rest of my income is made up of clip sales. Were you surprised by that change, or I'm sure you're happy by that change, but were you surprised that so many people wanted that specific moment instead of watching the whole show and getting that tease before the payoff? I wasn't really. I think around that time, OnlyFans had really sort of exploded, and it seemed like people were moving more towards content anyway. I suppose it's that, you know, if you're waiting for a model to stream, she has a specific schedule and that's maybe not always going to suit you. Whereas if you download a clip, then it's always at hand. So, yeah, but I I think the the best thing for me is the combination of the two. When I'm away from cam for a while, I do miss the, the live interaction. And then I find myself back on there just catching up with people and letting them know I'm still around. <laughs> <laughs> So when it comes to these fetishes and kinks that you are now involved in, when you start to do them and there's just such, there's such an interesting mindset to people that have different kinks and fetishes, did you find that like, wow, it does kind of play to my personality traits and what I'm able to accomplish and present, but like, man, I, I actually think I kind of like this myself. Were you surprised by how much you enjoyed working in certain fetishes and have they become part of just what you enjoy naturally? Yes, definitely. When I started, I was extremely bemused is the word that I always used because it, it was amusing to me, but it was also very, I find it strange you know so I would always have like a little a little giggle to myself about what I was doing it felt absurd to me but gradually gradually as it became more natural and more of a as it became sort of day-to-day for me um I realized that these are fetishes and kinks that people have and maybe I just I wasn't in the kind of circles before that would have been open about that kind of thing so It was a completely new world to me, but one that I think has given me a different sort of education that I really needed in my life. So, Now, as I mentioned, as a cam model and creator, you are always working and always thinking about how to move forward. But the constant pressures of being a self-employed person can be exhausting. How do you step back and take a break without thinking that you're losing momentum and maybe even possibly new fans. Yeah, it's a really difficult balance. You kind of, sometimes your body forces you to take a day off because you haven't in so long because there is that sort of need to have a presence or maybe it's perceived. Um, Sometimes when you're away for a little while, you start getting DMs, where are you? We need you back that sort of thing you know so maybe a little bit of scarcity isn't a bad thing but definitely having the clips up there um, and some of my clips have been up there for three four years and they still sell and that really gives me a little bit of breathing space so when I need that time off I know that those sales will still be there 
but you do. It's a it's a constant hustle and um, a constant, especially with the platform ranking systems are, are kind of what drives you to to really keep creating that newness as well. Because as long as you're uploading, then you're visible. But once you kind of pull back a little bit, then you see those ranks start to decline. And along with the rank, then the sales as well. When you first started making clips, or even now, do you ever look at them and say, ah, you know, that that could have been better. I could have presented that in a better fashion, but it sells like crazy. Are you ever surprised but what sells and what doesn't and maybe the specificity within it? I have a clip that I absolutely hate and it sells all the time. Paul's sister-in-law needs seed. Uh, I'm I'm dressed like a single mom who has no money, and I have my hair in a weird updo bun. And I, it's more of a kind of a vanity thing for me because I feel like I look like shit in it, and um, <laughs> and I don't really want it right there. But for some reason, and I think it's the title. I think people like the title of it. But yeah, sometimes you're surprised. I'll have days where I'm not feeling creative and I'll make a clip because it's a custom order and I feel like it should be delivered. And those are the days that I get lovely messages back saying that was amazing. It was beyond my expectations. I loved it. Thank you so much. And I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad, but... (laughs) I was hormonal. I hated myself. I hated life. Um. <laughs> Can you ever not look attractive? Stop it! Come on. <laughs> I, I'm looking at you now as we record this. We have the <laughs> we have the video on, and you you're delightful in any form. It's amazing. But when you do get those messages, it's got to feel great. Are you surprised at? how this content creation and how the camming career have kind of helped you when it comes to how you feel about yourself and what you are creative and enjoying. Absolutely. Um, In a number of different aspects, partly the creative aspect, partly the um, just wanting to, I mean, it's my brand, right? And if, if it goes to hell, the only person I can blame is myself. And that teaches you a lot of accountability and a lot of resilience. And um, what strikes me the most is my desire to for the member to really enjoy the experience as well. Because I didn't go into this thinking, you know, I want to, you know, make lots of members really happy that was I was like I just I need to work for myself that was the goal but you do you you form those relationships and you really want to make a good experience for people and it's about giving them that 10 minutes or 20 minutes of light relief and happiness and in an otherwise kind of crappy world at times well said I like that when you first started camming did you have anybody that you turned to when you started for information or advice? And is that what led you to write this book? Because maybe you really didn't have that person. Yeah. So first of all, I'm kind of a kinesthetic learner. So I learn on the job. I learn by doing. 
which has its flaws because that means you learn by making mistakes. You know, you learn by royally fucking up and then thinking I'll not do that again. So that's how I learned. But also there wasn't, apart from Hey Ashley T, who I mentioned before, um, who has the YouTube channel, there wasn't a lot of, um, of things out there. Not that had came on my radar anyway. I mean, now we have Sex Work CEO. Um, I don't know if you've come across her. She's fantastic. She's delivering lots of free content on Twitter. But yeah, I did feel like there was a bit of a gap in the market for something like this. And for someone like me who was so naive and really could have used that initial kind of, because it's kind of an overview um, and it's the book I wish had been written when I started. So yeah, I really I feel like um, it's the book that would have helped me communicate a bit better in the beginning as well and understand the kind of back and forth that goes on between members and cam girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. And it's definitely laid out in that fashion. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Now, when it comes to the book itself, I'm sure you have favorite platforms were there a lot of rewrites to not make it sound like a sales pitch? Because I'm sure there, you have your loyalties, but you don't want to make it sound like, okay, if you read this book, this is the way to go. Absolutely. I, I mean, I wrote about 50,000 words and half of it was scrapped. There was a lot of, a lot of self-reflection and a lot of, well, I'm not putting that in because that's just salty. It's not helpful to anybody. <laughs> and a lot of, um, yes, definitely. I wanted to give people a good overview of what platforms are out there, but ultimately let them know that it's their decision and that they should, because it's a trial and error for choosing platforms. I've been on platforms. I've tried them for three months and I've thought, you know, this isn't working for me. And I've come away from it again. And different platforms work for different people. Um, it really is personal choice. So definitely I did. I But that section in particular, you're right, I did. I rewrote that about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually good advice within itself. If a site doesn't work for you, move on. Because it's not going to help you either financially or even mentally if you just stick with what isn't working. Yeah. Now, there's a fine line between example and anecdote. What made you decide to focus on the how-to and not have it be an autobiography where you might be more tongue-in-cheek and overly entertaining or maybe have it be like an op-ed where you give a heated opinion on a topic or site? It probably, well, before I cut the 50,000 words out, it probably would have been a more heated kind of (laughs) pitch piece. Um, And probably everybody would have wanted to talk about it. But I wanted to be helpful and I wanted it to be information that was accessible. And um, I, of course, I do have some anecdotes in there, but I also didn't. I didn't want it to be all about me and my experience because everybody's experience is going to be completely different. So it was really just about giving people the basics saying here, this is what it is. This is what you need to know. But the rest of it is kind of up to you. 
I'm glad you said that because one of the stories that you give, you talk about someone uh, that shared way too much, way too soon with an eggplant. You have to read the book. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Um, oh. How has your approach to difficult clients changed over the years? Yeah, so I definitely um, was quite sensitive when I first came on CAM. There was a lot of me kind of assuming negative intent from the other side of the the CAM, um, and that definitely affected how the discourse went. So I really, how you change things is you change yourself and you change your own reactions. And as I became more aware of fetishes and how people engaged on, in chat rooms, I, I just was more open to it and more sort of understanding of the fact that that was quite normal for that kind of discourse. And that's just also just come with age and being more confident and trying to find the humor and the lightness in things, really. so That has to be really difficult. It's easy to look back with kind of softened eyes when it comes to experiences like that. But there has to be almost a really, like, just a shock and awe of, like, <laughs> you're doing I, this now. I told everybody about that. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, when some people call them civilians, you know, people who aren't in the industry, when they ask you, what's the most extreme thing you've seen on cam or that was the story you know and so that was the the thing that came up the most but it happened really early on and I've not had anything like that since and I don't know whether it was just he thought well there's a new cam girl (laughs) let's let's give her something to look at um so I don't know with all of the experiences that you have had over these years has it really changed how you approach other things as well maybe going to an adult club or a gentleman's club or just seeing people maybe even just behaving poorly in public where before you would kind of carry it with you and and it would bother you now you just uh, i've seen eggplants we're good <laughs> 100%. I think when I started this journey, I had already decided that I wanted to change and that I wanted my life to change. So I was already kind of in that mindset of it's time for a paradigm shift. I was watching a lot of a lot of um, life coaches on YouTube. So that's where all the lingo came from, you know, the, the paradigm shift and, and all that stuff. So I was in a, an open mind frame anyway, but definitely the adult industry has been my best life education and I am so much more resilient and even my relationships with family members and friends are a million times better just because I'm a better communicator and I'm definitely more um I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for tolerant compassionate and these are all things that you wouldn't expect the adult industry to teach you but Um, It definitely does. As you said, you wrote a number of words, got rid of a number of words, but how early on did you realize the difficulties that come with being able to organize and deliver a message, but do it in a concise and 
easy to understand way without it being overly wordy? Well, partly Microsoft Office helped in that regard. That um, AI editor (laughs) is always telling you to be concise. (laughs) I was like, I really thought I was concise, Mr. Robot, but thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, it was just um, a process of editing and editing again. And I did also have a couple of girlfriends who were reading drafts and sort of giving me feedback. But also I did kind of have a background with um, education and training. Because at one one time in my life, I was mentoring the the unemployed and kind of trying to mentor people in terms of employability. So all of that teaches you how to be concise and, and detailed as well. You cover so much that I never thought of as questions that people wanting to get into camming could use. Like, can I do it without showing my face? But some questions are more difficult to answer, like how much money will I make? Or your section on thinking about personal security. It was really insightful. When you started writing, how much was a surprise to you of what you really learned and were able to learn in a very short amount of time? Yeah, so those chapters in particular, I think, were really important. And I wanted people to have a more realistic expectation of what you can earn and what you can achieve, particularly within that sort of time frame. I feel like there's a lot of things on social media that kind of glamorize what you can make, in particular with fan sites. And people kind of get the idea that fan sites are the be all and end all of the industry. I really wanted people to have a realistic view because I, I feel like my income in particular represents probably the majority of models out there. Whereas oftentimes what you're going to hear is like the people who are like in the top one percent and you know that's really what people are hearing about in the mainstream it gives them an unrealistic expectation of what the majority of models are making but also that's why I talk about values as well in the book and what your purpose is for actually choosing this type of career and my reason of course was just to be a little bit more free and to manage my own schedule so that's that's my top priority so if i was putting the money first maybe i'd be making more but that's not my top priority so i had a train of thought there and i've lost it um <laughs> if it comes back to you let me know okay. now you do talk about certain fetishes that you work in and uh, are a creative lane for performers as you really got into the finer details of how fetishes branch out were you surprised at the specificity to which fetish enjoyers like their fetish presented because when it comes to things like when i first started getting into trying to understand fetish when it comes to feet the level of detail that they like, it blows my mind. Yeah. So that's kind of why I give an overview about the nuance of fetish and that it's not set in stone. 
my understanding of fetish is what I have experienced and what people have come to me with, but that it really does vary customer to customer and um, your communication needs to be on point about that. You need to kind of talk about that first of all you know if someone has a custom request you really need to ask them if there's something specific that they're looking for what are the most important elements for them because sometimes it doesn't even matter what you're wearing or how you physically look and sometimes the kink is more important for a customer whereas there's other customers who would watch you do anything just because they like something about you but yeah, the, the nuance of fetish is, and that, that can be tricky to get around as well, because you can you can get it wrong. And of course, I get it wrong less now, because I kind of have a good idea of what a fetish means, sort of in broader terms. And then I just communicate with people to ask if there's anything specific they're looking for. But yeah, you can get it wrong, and it can not only then ruin the experience for someone but it could actually be harmful you know you can um particularly if you're being dominant maybe you can say something humiliating that is maybe not only a turn off for them but actually hurtful now to this point you have hundreds of clips on different sites but you are solo in i believe all of them but truly, you could work solo forever because you never really run out of ideas as you work through the nuances of fetish, like cuckolding and the breeding fetish. Have you found this to be true as well? Yeah. And of course, you do have days where you feel like you're in a bit of a creative funk. But um, there is always, I mean, you're, you're never done exploring all the different nuances of a particular kink. Um, and you really could go at it forever and not have covered everything that there is to cover. How much are you still learning? And is what you're learning more about the business of camming or the finer points of evolving fetishes and kinks? Um, I think more on the business side now, kind of where I'm still learning is sort of leveling up. I talk about in the book how um, I've got to this point and I think all of those were great steps that I took. But from here, there's that saying, you know, everything you've done up until now has got you to where you're at. But, you know, what are you going to do now to, to level up? So there's still things I need to learn and I need to expand. And um, I don't know whether that's going to be with more adult sites or more safer work sites. So that's really just um, where I'm at at my point in my career, just kind of leveling up in terms of, and part of that might just be making my content better. I've kind of shied away from buying expensive equipment and leveling up in that regard, just because this has worked worked for me up until this point, but it, it might be the case that I need to um, sort of maybe expand and make my content more, just more sort of studio quality. Are you someone that travels when it comes to putting yourself out there, say at conventions or anything like that? Or do you pretty much stay where you're at? Because I'm sure you have fans in the U.S. that would love to have you come over for a convention. 
I am terribly antisocial. Ah. <laughs> this is my year of putting myself out there, which is part of why I've reached out to you. It's partly why I have reached out to Twitch streamers and people that I can collab with. Um, I definitely feel like I, I need to put myself out there more, but it's not in my nature. I'm, I've always been very much a lone wolf. Um, and I like to do things a certain way. And um, playing with others has never been my strong point. So, um, but that's something I'm learning. So I have a, a blog collab with the sex work historian. She's on Twitter as well, and she's a PhD candidate. So I've really kind of got back into writing and film studies. So if we've got a little collab going on, you know, sort of film review wise and things like that. So that's kind of what I'm looking at now. Well, I am honored that you approached me with this book now that I know that you are such a solitary individual. And I hope that you can come to me if you need any help broadening your social horizons. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. Now, what does 2023 have in store for you? Is it broadening these lanes is it just creating more or do you have other big things like writing this book that you hope to accomplish yeah so once i had kind of once i had self-published the book which wasn't entirely easy um and the actual the logistics of putting a book on amazon and things were were difficult to work out but once i had it up there i thought you know I want more. I want more up there. So it gave me the bug to kind of to write a little more. And it's kind of um, it's expanded my own idea of what I can achieve. And there's a sense of accomplishment of bringing something to completion. And that's always good for your self-esteem. And I think anything you can do that improves your self-esteem is worth doing. So definitely just more projects, probably self-publishing and also, what was I thinking about there? This is my old tired brain, you see. I just, I <laughs> <laughs> So, does this mean at some point in the future you may write an autobiography? I mean, I know we have many years of your incredible work left to enjoy, but... I have found like even just being a podcaster that I have so many stories and anecdotes and uh, lessons uh, that I've learned through this that it could probably be very entertaining. Maybe, maybe. I, I would I would worry that it would turn into a horror story at points. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if an autobiography is in the, in the works. Um I do have some ideas of what I want to write, but it's kind of more, it's, you know, as I get older as well, I kind of, um, I'm thinking about feminism more and those kind of ideas. And I feel like I have something to say in terms of feminism and adult work and consent. And, and I haven't quite pinned down what that is yet, but I feel like that kind of book is in the works or it's in me somewhere, but it could be another 10 years before it, um, <laughs> before it 
before it is splurged onto the page. <laughs> well, I have a feeling that it's going to be much sooner than that. I love the fact that you were motivated to write this book because it is something I agree was definitely needed. And I got a lot of information and education and enjoyment from it. I think it's delivered extremely well. And I think you should be very proud that you wrote this book. And actually, the one thing that I wanted to end this on, you have motivational words in the book as well. And if I may read one, if I leave you with nothing else, at least take heed of this. Just start. It will never be the perfect time to go for it. The stars will never align to make everything right and easy for you. And I couldn't agree more. I think more people need to take this approach to whatever field that they are in. Do what makes you happy and truly just go out there and start. And I think out of all of it, I think that is such a fantastic thing to say. And I'm glad that I had this opportunity. This has been so much fun. Great. Thank you. I'm glad it was well received. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I wanted to ask that. Have you had people come to you and say, I read this and man, this is what is needed out there. Have you heard some positive things about this book? So the other person I sent this to was the sex work historian, and she just she enjoyed my writing and she wanted to work with me after that. Um which again kind of let me see that, you know, other opportunities will present themselves when you put yourself out there. Mm. I'm not sure who else I see. I'm 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 like, I'm over here, look at me, but shh, don't <laughs> <laughs> I kinda get that, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm like tiptoeing, it's like I'm just doing a gentle little launch of it, like I'm not <laughs> <laughs> well, we need you to sell it. We need you to sell it big yeah, uh, as we do this. So please tell the listeners the title of the book so when they go to Amazon, they will be able to find it. So the title of the book is Coming 101, The Model's Playbook. So that's the title. And I kind of wanted that to be the, the little play on, you know, 101 is always the first module that you do in university or college. Um, it's always the, the introduction. So that was the little nod to it being an introductory kind of text. And the model's playbook, because I think it's, it's a handbook. It's, um, it's a good play. And I think it is fantastic. I am so glad that we had this opportunity to talk. Like I said, I learned a lot from that book. Enough that if I were to start camming or maybe joining someone in camming, that it made me feel a lot more comfortable about doing it. And that I took a lot from it, for sure. No. <clears throat> so, one more time, before I let you go, where can people find you online, on social media, and where can they find this book? My Twitter handle is at Live. My link to the book on Amazon is on my Twitter profile. And you can find me on many vids. It's my most active adult platform. I'm also, um, I also have a lot of smut on Pornhub. And um, yes, if you just, if you type Bell Blake into Google, you will find me all over the interwebs. 
The book is on Amazon. Check it out. Am I able to print this out in hardback so I, I could have you sign it if we ever meet? Yes, I am actually selling hard copies of this book on many vids. So you can get a signed copy there in my item store on many vids. I am writing that down. And then as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to grab one. <laughs> So thank you so much. I can't wait to see what 2023 and beyond has in store for you. I know it's going to be amazing. And my platform is your platform whenever you want to talk about camming, clip creation, your book, new projects. Come on and we'll let everybody know about it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Do me a quick favor. Can you pull your mic a little bit closer to your mouth? I sure can. Every time I, I make some noise, I cut you out. Well, why are you doing that? Well, because I'm blowing out your mic. Well, why are you doing that? I know. I'm sorry. I'll talk very <laughs> soft. I'll make this an ASMR episode. Why, why does it have to be all about you? That's right. <laughs> well, it's not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's not, but uh, subconsciously it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you pull your microphone away from your mouth, please? Exactly. <laughs> oh my Son God. of a bitch. That's right. <laughs> you know what? Just turn your sound off. Right, right, right. Just turn it completely off. and <laughs> That should be a good episode. I'll make it work. <laughs> I'll fix it in post.